Welcome to Fearless Mom. I know that um, I say it all the time, but I am constantly amazed how quickly October approaches. And what do we say all the time? That the days go slow, but the months and the years fly right by. And I know that some of you moms, um, maybe you're in a stage where you are trying to get a colicky baby to sleep. Or maybe you are lacking sleep because you're trying to get your toddler to stay in that big boy bed. Or maybe you're at a stage closer to where I am and you're up all night worrying about your big kids and what it means to be a big kid in 2016 today. I know that some of you are in that stage where you are wishing that time would go a little faster because you're stuck in a not-so-fun stage. And then there are others of you I can see on Facebook and Instagram, you're posting pictures and you're saying, oh, I just wish that time would stand still. Wherever you find yourself today, we just say, we are with you. And we say, welcome to the roller coaster of motherhood. There is no ride like the ride of motherhood. The only ride that promises daily, hourly, moment by moment, dips and turns and twists and exciting changes and a mixture of laughter and tears and sometimes a little nausea. All at the same time, that is the exciting roller coaster that we call motherhood. And we hope, our prayer, is that you feel that we are all in this together. Whether you are watching online or you are here live, that you know that you are not alone. Can you turn to your neighbor now and remind her you're not alone? <laughs> turn to your other neighbor and say, we're all in this together. How many of you were just thinking about High School Musical when you said we're all in this together? Every time I think of Zac Efron, we are all in this together. And so we want to take a minute and welcome in our online moms, um, wherever you are. You may be watching by yourself, but we want to remind you, you are not alone. Our heart, our prayer is that we use the gift of technology to reach out to as many moms as possible, to remove isolation, and to remind you that you have friends in Austin, other moms who are cheering you on. So let's cheer them on. We hope you hear us. We hope you feel us. And we say, welcome to the roller coaster ride to you too. Let's take a second and pray, mainly for my supernatural focus, because I have a tendency to bounce all around, particularly when I am passionate about a topic. And today's topic, it's close to my heart, um, and I've studied a lot, so I'm going to vomit out a lot of words on you today. So I think we need to pray for you as well as for me. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this day. I thank you that you have called each of us into motherhood, this blessing, this exciting ride, this challenging ride. God, I ask right now that you calm our hearts, that you settle our minds, that you assure us right now, our children, wherever they are, are in the palm of your hand. Open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to what you want us to see today what you want us to learn today so that we can step into the role of motherhood and be the women you created us to be so that we can raise our kids to discover who they were created to be. In Jesus' name, 
And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, um, I love this topic mainly because I have discovered so much about myself and how I parent as I've been studying this topic. And so I have read lots of books, and so I'm going to share with you some of the research that I've found, and then also put into your world some practical application. Because sometimes as moms, I don't know about you, but I feel out of control. I feel like I can't catch my breath. I can't stop. I'm just running day to day, and I'm trying to keep up. And what we want to do is not to add to your to-do list. Actually, we just want to bring to your attention some ways that you can simply be intentional with what you are already doing. Last week, we discussed the significance, the importance of finding strength. How, if we want to be the moms we were created to be, that we have to discover the source of strength, and we have to tap into that strength. And if you missed last week's lecture, I would encourage you to watch or listen so that you can understand more of what we're talking about today, because today is actually going to build on the foundation of what we learned last week. We said last week that we were all created to walk with strength and dignity. And that's in your notes today. If you'll turn to your notes, because we're going to have some uh, verses. I'm going to actually give you a lot more verses that are going to be shown on the screen. Um, And so I I want you to write these down. The first one I just want to remind you about is our, our theme verse, Proverbs 31, 25. She is clothed with strength and dignity. Everybody say strength and dignity. dignity. Now I want you to say it like you really feel it today. I need you to say she's clothed with strength and dignity. She is clothed with strength and dignity. And And that does not mean that she always feels strong, but that means that she has learned to tap into the source of her strength that we determined was from God. From Isaiah 40, 31. But those who trust, everybody say trust. Trust. Those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. The studies show, research shows, statistics show that this generation of young people appears to be more emotionally fragile than the generations ahead of them. For some reason, they are seeing with this generation of young adults, kids who cannot sustain, cannot bounce back from everyday hits and hurts, everyday disappointments. What they're finding is these kids do not have emotional, relational, or spiritual strength and stamina. What we're finding is this generation actually of young adults actually feels very entitled and doesn't know how to handle it when they don't get immediately what they want. They don't know how to come back from that. So our responsibility as moms is to look at the trends, to study the data, and to say, you know what? That's obviously not a long-term solution. So we look at that data, and then we say, 
are there choices we can make and actions we can take to reverse these trends, to raise up children who are stronger emotionally, relationally, and spiritually? And we determined last week that, yes, there are some things that we can put into place to raise up strong kids. That's what we want our children to be. And we all agreed that it starts with being strong ourselves. It takes someone strong to make someone strong. And so if I want my children to be strong, then I have to figure out how to be strong myself. And oh, we wrote that down. Oh, isn't that awesome? Yes, God is the source of my strength. And then we go out and we get, look at our to-do list for the day and we panic and fear sets back in. Oh, that's right. We need to back up. We need to back up. Today, what we're talking about is not just how to find that source, that's what we talked last week, but how to keep it. Because that's the trick. How to work it into our everyday so that we are always building and rebuilding strength because life knocks the strength out of you. And so if you're not constantly putting it back in, then you will be depleted of that strength. And that's what we're going to talk about today. Not just how to find the strength, but how to keep the strength. And I can't help but grit my teeth when I say that because I feel like that's what's required. I feel like we have to decide it is what we want, it is worth the fight, and I will do what is necessary to put that into place. If you're feeling overwhelmed right now, I want you to take a deep breath and I want you to realize, you know what? There are stages in your life where you're thinking, I can't add one more thing to my plate. I cannot change one thing in my life right now because I'm doing good just to get out of bed. And we get that. What our prayer is for you is that you reach out to someone maybe a, a friend or another mom in this group, and you say, I want to be strong, but I need some help getting there. Because we've all been there where we had to be dependent on others for that strength. And we're going to talk about that a little bit too. But it's important that we understand that, yes, God is the source of our strength, but unless we're intentional, unless we're deliberate then we will lose that. We have to be about it every single day. And if we want to raise strong kids, then we've got to be strong moms. When Emily was, um, I'm going to say, 20 months old, I was pregnant with Joseph. And so I was, I guess at that point, I was about... Uh, five or six months pregnant. And so I noticed, I've told this story before, that every time Emily stood up, she would say, uh, and walk off. Every time she stood up from the floor, if we played on the floor, then she would stand up and go, uh. and I guess I thought, well, is she hurt? Is there an injury? Why is she grunting like that? Then I got up off the floor, and I heard myself, uh, every time I got out of a chair. You remember, you remember what it feels like to be pregnant like that? Uh, I was grunting every time I stood up. So Emily had learned, oh, I guess that's part of standing up. You just make a grunt noise every time you stood up. I didn't try to teach Emily that. She just learned that from watching me. And what we learn about parenting when it comes to character traits, they are much more caught 
than taught. These character traits that we want our children to possess, they are much more caught than taught. If I want strong kids, if I want my kids to have strength, then I better get some strength. If I want my kids to have tenacity, then I need to get some tenacity. If I want my kids to have a strong work ethic, then I need to have a strong work ethic because it is more caught than taught. And so, We've all agreed that the next generation, these are our children right now, we believe that if we set our minds to it, we can change the world by raising up a generation of strong kids. But I have to first possess it if I'm going to pass it on. I want to tell you about it in this way too. If you have little ones, then you feel like you're always giving something. If they are teeny tiny, then you feel like, oh my stars, I've been, I'm always feeding, I'm always feeding, I'm always feeding. Then they get a little older and you're not always feeding, but you kind of change to, I'm always handing them goldfish or Cheerios. I'm just passing them out. I'm passing them out all the time. I'm always giving them. And then they get a little older and it turns into ones and fives. And you feel like you're just dishing out the ones and the fives. They get a little bit older, changes to tens and twenties. And so we're, we're just shelling them out. You go from Cheerios to tens and twenties. It feels like overnight. Then I'll tell you the stage I'm in. I long for those days of 10s and 20s because my children are in college now, and we are now triple-digit requests most of the time. And so they learn quickly when they're far away at school that they can text me, and I can actually, on my phone, transfer money into their accounts. It is a blessing and a curse. But what I'm noticing about moms is that we're always giving, whether it is milk, whether it is Cheerios, goldfish, money, whatever it is. And here's the immutable law. I cannot give my children what I do not have. I cannot give Emily money in her account unless I have it in my account. I cannot transfer money into Joseph's account unless I have it in my account. And so if I want to give my children strength, if I want to give my children tenacity, if I want to give my children a strong work ethic, I better have it myself. I cannot give what I do not have. You cannot give what you do not have. So often in motherhood, obviously, and with good reason, we are focused on our children. And that is awesome. It's a wonderful stage of life, and it does. I know some of you just are rolling your eyes at me right now, but it is just a season. And it does go quickly. But you cannot give what you do not have. And so part of our time in Fearless Mom is to take time for you to say, am I working on me so that I can be the best me for my child? And so today, yes, we're going to talk about practical application, about parenting like we do every week, but the focus will be on you. And last week we talked about if you really want to be who God created you to be, then you have to look at yourself with honesty and humility. I look, I go to God and I go, God, I want to see what's really there, not just like what I want it to be. God, I go to you with humility, knowing that I'm not perfect, nor will I ever be perfect, but you will fill in the gaps. So as we approach today, I need you to remind yourself that we're approaching God with honesty and with humility to make these changes. 
you can't give what you don't have. So when it comes to keeping strength, because we said that God is the source of our strength, but if we're not intentionally rebuilding it every day and we're giving it away every day, then we will be depleted. So we've got to learn how to keep it. The first way to keep strength is relationships. Relationships. You must be intentional about working on the relationships in your life, building the relationships in your life. God, spouse, and friends. It's in your notes. And I don't think it's rocket science. I think feeding and fueling the relationships, healthy relationships in your life, makes sense that that would feed and fuel your strength. But I want to focus on that primary relationship, the relationship with God. Because some of you I know are thinking, you know what, I don't have time for that right now. And so what I want to encourage you to do is to open your mind up and say, if that's my primary relationship, if that's going to be the source of my strength, am I spending enough time on that relationship? Because if that's your primary, then your other relationships will be fed the more you feed that relationship. Does that make sense? If you feed your primary, then your secondary and tertiary will be taken care of. And so your primary relationship is your relationship with God. And I get it, guys. Your children are the ones right in front of you, and their needs are immediate. But we talked about last week. I take responsibility for my emotional health my spiritual health, and if I'm taking responsibility and I know it to be true that my relationship with God will feed all of my other relationships, then I have to be intentional and I have to make choices that feed that relationship. There's some simple ones. Are you connected to a local church where you are fed weekly, where you are reminded weekly that God is the source of your strength? Are you learning more about God? Are you spending time in his word? And some of you are thinking, time, you keep saying time. I have no time. You know what? That's what our small group's for. That's what our Facebook page is for. We share ideas. Some moms go, you know what? I put on my headphones while I am exercising. I put on a podcast while I am cooking. Figure it out. Talk to other moms. It's a primary relationship. It takes time and effort, but it is worth the time and effort. So are you connected to a local church? Are you studying his work? Are you spending time in prayer, settling your heart? Because you know what I've noticed about me? I can be so frazzled. I can be at my wit's end. I can be, you know, panicking, thinking I don't have time to get done everything I need to get done. And then I stop and I pray. And God reminds me, hey, I've got you in the palm of my hand. All of these surprises to you, they weren't surprises to me. I've got it. I've got it. And then I'm reminded, and so my strength is built up, and I'm ready to take on what is ahead of me. It takes intentionality, but it's worth it. So focusing on your relationship with God. I want you to look at Ephesians 3, 16 through 19. Here's the answer right here. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited, everybody say unlimited. 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 God has unlimited unlimited resources. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he, meaning God, will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. 
Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. You see the source of strength? But for those roots to grow, you've got to get planted. You've got to stay in a local church. You've got to determine, I will stay put. I will take the time for my roots to grow. I will study his word. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ that it, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from, it comes from whom? Comes from God. He's the source. It's worth the time and effort. And if you're thinking, you know what, uh, that's all well and good. I don't believe God is the source of my strength. As I said last week, I'm going to challenge you. If you are not a person who reads the Bible, I want you to treat it as a parenting guide then, just like you would read any other parenting guide. And open your mind up to the possibility that maybe he could give you some strength to do the job that he's created you to do. Your primary human relationship because we go from our relationship with God, your primary human relationship, if you are married, is your marriage, your relationship with your spouse. Mac and I have been married for 25 years. We were very fortunate that we began our marriage while we were on staff at a church in Dallas where the pastor and his wife preached all the time about work on your marriage, work on your marriage, work on your marriage. So we heard that early in our marriage and we feel so grateful now because that was pounded into us, beat into us so early on. And so we were told from the very beginning that you should have a date night every week that you should you should go out of town without children at least once a year that was put into our marriage very early on i'm not going to say we do it every week or that we did it every week or that we went somewhere every year but we always knew that unless we worked on our marriage then our marriage would not be what it could be and when you have children your children's needs are immediate and urgent. And so if we're not careful, if we're not intentional, the marriage gets placed on the back burner. And we say, well, this is just a season. I don't know if any of you remember Katrina, the hurricane that hit the south. My family is from southern Mississippi, so they were hit pretty hard by Katrina. And so it hits very close to home for me. You probably saw all of the pictures and the video from New Orleans and how New Orleans was devastated. New Orleans actually wasn't devastated by the hurricane itself. They actually withstood the hurricane. You know what happened in New Orleans? The dam broke that was holding the water back, and so the water came in. You know why the dam broke? Because they'd not maintained it over the years. So when the floods came in, it was a great catastrophe. The catastrophe could have been avoided had they maintained the wall. But you see, I guarantee I know what happened. When it came to the funding, whether it was you know, state funding, city funding, whatever, they said, oh, these needs are more immediate the dam can wait another year. And so we're going to take care of these immediate needs. 
That's what we do in our marriage so often. We say our children's needs are more immediate, so I'm going to put my marriage on the back burner. If we're not careful, if we're not intentional, when catastrophe hits, then our marriage can't withstand withstand the pressure. So what we want to do is say, okay, God, I trust you. I know that you're my primary relationship, and I know that my second earthly, I mean, my second relationship, my primary earthly relationship is with my spouse if I'm married. So I'm going to trust you, and I'm going to move this relationship now to the forefront, even though I can't figure out how that's going to work because I have 14 children. And so that's what I think about any of you that have three. I might as well have 14 if I had three. And so, I mean, those people who have four, I'm like, what? Are you some overachiever? What? Trying to show up everybody else? Okay. Good for you. And so you're thinking, I'm going to trust you, God, and I'm going to move my marriage to my second relationship. I don't know how it's going to work, but I'm going to trust you because I know that that's the way it's supposed to work. Now, it's amazing how things fall in place. You put God first, you put your marriage second. It takes some effort. It takes making decisions. But again, we go back to our second um, value of fearless mom. Take responsibility. Take responsibility. I take responsibility. I will make the changes necessary. And so in addition to the weekly dates and the annual getaway, I want to encourage you a daily connection, particularly if those of you, for those of you who have littles. A daily connection, maybe a phone call, maybe a text, but at some point every single day you connect with your spouse. You connect and say, I'm so grateful that you're my spouse. I, I love you. I just wanted to tell you that. It's a daily connection. You're reminding your spouse, you're reminding yourself, this relationship is important to me. Daily connection, weekly date, annual getaway. Doesn't have to be 10 days in Aruba. You know, I mean, we our getaways sometimes, we're a hotel in town. And so we got a babysitter and we went literally down the road. And so some, if, if that's what you, it needs to be, do that. But it is making the effort. That's your second relationship. It will build your strength. So God, your spouse, and then third, your friends. Friends are important. Your friends are important. We weren't created to live life alone. But you got to be choosy about who you hang around. What chatter is in your ear? If you are in a stage where you have preteens who are sassy, who are driving you nuts, and then you only hang out with other people who have preteens and teens who are, have, who are sassy and driving them nuts, then all you'll talk about is how your preteens are sassy and driving you nuts. So I would encourage you, be intentional with your relationships, go across generations, get around somebody who's in a different stage of life. But also, make sure you're hanging out with people who are fighting for your relationship with God and your relationship with your spouse. I say this all the time, my best friend Ashley Horn, she drives me crazy sometimes, because every time I get irritated with Matt, I'll say to her, he is driving me crazy. You know what her response is? Have you talked to him about it? And I say to her, I don't want to talk to him. I want to talk about him. (laughs) But she is building strength. When I'm tired and irritated with my husband, she will fight for my marriage. And so make sure that you are surrounding yourself with people who are helping you work on those primary relationships. Your relationship with God, your relationship with your spouse, and 
other friends. Um, you know, we all have demanding friendships. You have some people who deplete you. And so make an effort to find some others who rebuild your strength. Be kind to everyone, but be picky with your clicky. And that's your closest group of friends. Be picky with your clicky. That's okay. We love everyone, but I'm very aware of whose chatter I'm listening to. I'm very aware of who I'm complaining to because I know they're going to fill in the gaps when I fall short. Be very careful. Now, some of you I know when we talk about fear and we talk about strength as opposed to fear, we're clothed with strength and dignity as opposed to fear and shame. Some of you are thinking, well, you know, I don't really struggle with fear. Not yet. Or I used to, but I don't anymore. I know that my friends who've struggled the most with fear, who've actually struggled with postpartum depression or who've struggled with depression at another time in their lives, you know who it was that helped them see it? It was a friend. It was a friend who said, you don't have to live that way. You can get help. Let's go to the doctor together. You don't have to live like that. I feel like maybe you are seeing things worse than they are. Let's help you get help to get you a healthy perspective. So maybe if you're not struggling with fear, this can be a value to you because you are a friend to someone who may be struggling. And I will tell you this, guys. Again, I say, the, the people that I know who've struggled with postpartum or who've struggled with depression or other mental um, health issues, it was a friend who stepped in and said, Let's get help. And so that's one of our responsibilities as friends is to step up and step in when you see someone who's not living the life that they were created to live. So if you are a friend, be a friend. And so you be that friend who fights for someone's health, who fights for someone's strength when she's not strong enough to find it on her own. Um, Friends are very important. And the next two, so we've got relationships. That's something that we have to feed all the time. I'm going to put these together. Number one here is recreation. And by recreation, I mean participating in activities that are fun for you, that get you up and moving. Recreation get you moving. Maybe recreation for you is working out. I mean, I celebrate that for you, if that's fun for you, man. You go, girl. That um, is, is something that I have to make myself do. That is not fun for me. But if I want to live the life I was created to live, I know it has to be part of my life. And so recreation is another thing that gets put on the back burner when we have children because it doesn't seem like an immediate need. But if you are feeling fearful, if you feel like you know anxiety is setting in, or if you feel like, okay, I know this happened to me when Emily and Joseph, when I knew Joseph was um, leaving for college the next year, and so I thought, okay, I'm going to be an empty nester. This is going to be 
a time of transition for me. I have to be more intentional and more deliberate about my relationships and my recreation. And so when you know a stressful time is coming, maybe it's the holidays, maybe it's a visit from your family, um, whatever it may be, maybe it's sending your kids to school, maybe it's a job transition for your family, then we look at these things and we are more intentional about them. Instead of putting them on the back burner, we bring it up to the forefront because we're taking responsibility and we're putting into action the things that we know give us the strength we need to have. So recreation, get yourself up and moving and doing something fun. Now, I've spoken a lot about the significance of laughter and what an important role it plays in the family. I think you obviously know, I mean, I talk about it all the time. There are lectures from years past. I think it's a big deal. I think it communicates to your children ease, comfort, and safety. So when we talk about recreation, sometimes that's a family playing a t-ball game in the backyard. Our neighbors probably thought we were horrible parents because Mac and I are so competitive. We would yell at each other um, while we were playing t-ball in the backyard. And then we would realize that our neighbors were outside too, and we were kind of embarrassed and had to apologize later because Mac, like, he thought I was supposed to bunt the ball if Joe's, I mean, I, I was going to, I was planning to win there, okay? Family issues there. But recreation, involve your children and laugh. Do what you need to do to create laughter in your home. It's not just for you, it's for everybody else. Now, the second one there is retreat. So recreation builds your strength and also retreat. Retreat is changing your surroundings and environment. Changing your surroundings and environment, going to a different location so that, uh uh-oh, moms, you're going to love this one, so that your mind and body can relax. Yeah, it's a pipe dream for some of you right now. I know. You're in a season where you're like, wow, wouldn't that be nice? Probably in about eight to ten years. I want you to think creatively. How can I create retreat in my world? When we get to small groups, I want you to think creatively. Again, you don't have to get away for, you know what, Julie said today that I need to go to um, the Bahamas for a month for my wellness so that I can be the mom that I was created to be. You know what, if you can do that, more power to you. Maybe I can hitch a ride. But it doesn't have to be that. A retreat can simply be, hey, I'm getting a babysitter for the afternoon and I'm I'm going to find a park to go to. I'm going to drive up to this pool that I've never been to. I'm going to act like I have a room at this hotel and go to this pool. I'm going to, uh, you change locations and your mind and body relax. You will be the mom you were created to be if you work these disciplines into your life. I'm telling you this not because I did this. I, this was probably my weakest area of parenting. I did not understand the value of recreation and retreat. So what I did, because I'm, I'm a pretty laid-back person, and I enjoyed motherhood, and I thought, well, I don't need that like some people do. And Mac would say, you know, honey, why don't you, um, you know, go away for a couple of nights, and I'll keep the kids. And I'm like, by myself? I mean, I could be kidnapped. And you would never know. Like, you wouldn't. And the odds of you finding me after I've been gone for 48 hours, I mean, slim to none. And so I would not. It was too much work for me, to be honest. Because, you know, 
Leaving your kids sometimes is harder than staying with your kids. I had to write up lesson plans, you know, about how to take care. And poor Joseph couldn't say a word, so I had to, like, do all of his translation, you know. If he says, me like cheese, that means he doesn't want cheese. If he says, TT, that doesn't mean he has to go to the bathroom. That means he wants a cookie. If he, everything, Nene, he wants to watch Barney. There was no common sense to his language. So I had to type up this whole page, you know. So it was just easier for me to stay home. Well, you know what I did? I ran out of gas because I didn't refuel. Your recreation and your retreat refuels you. Build it in now. Take it from someone who found herself on empty, who finally got to a point where I looked at my husband. I said, I can never be who you want me to be. I think you married the wrong person. I can't do it anymore. You know why I did that? Because I thought I was different from everybody else. And I didn't need the recreation. And I didn't need the retreat. And I didn't have time to work on my relationships. I'm telling you now, as I look back, I wish I'd put into action. I wish I'd appreciated the value of relationships, recreation, and retreat. It doesn't have to cost an arm and a leg. You can swap with neighbors. We'll keep your kids tomorrow night. You keep our kids the next night. It's okay to put change in your children's routine. You move these things to the forefront, from the back burner to the forefront, because you want to Learn from New Orleans. Rebuild the dam. Rebuild the dam. Rebuild the dam. Because we're always giving away. We said that in the beginning. So if you're always giving away, you're going to have nothing left for yourself. Bring it to the forefront. It is worth it. So we've got relationships. We've got recreation. We've got retreat. And fourth, reminders. Anybody in here think your mind is powerful? Yeah. The mind is powerful. So what you put in your mind matters. We said that last week. We said what you put in your body, how much you sleep and exercise, it matters. But what you put in your mind matters. So be intentional. Bring it to the forefront. Think about what am I putting in my mind? And so we listed two things, gratitude and truths. You need to be intentional every day about what you're reminding yourself about. This is a great habit to teach your children. This is a great thing to pass on to your children. The habit of waking up in the morning and thanking God for three things. The habit of going to bed and thanking God for three things. Settle your mind, being grateful. Focus on what you do have instead of what you don't have. Focus on what he has done for you, not what you're begging for him to do for you. Make the decision. Studies show that people who express gratitude live more fulfilled lives. People who focus on gratitude feel better. If we know that, now we take responsibility and we do what we need to do. It's a simple thing. It costs nothing to be grateful. It costs nothing to reset your mind on gratitude, to reset your mind on what God has done for you. Make the choice and do it. Teach your children to do it. Gratitude is a big deal. And then second, truths. Remind yourself of the truth 
And Dr. Nicole, we feel like she's fearless moms, like our own Dr. Phil. She's a counselor, and she's coming to speak in November. Um, she's fantastic, but she talks a lot about making the decision to live in the what is instead of the what if. And so those of you who struggle with fear, who struggle with fighting back the fear, she says make a, de make a decision to live in the truth, in the what is instead of the what if, because our minds are so powerful. So I've put some scripture down here to choose, to ponder on, to memorize so that we can focus on the what is, what is true. One thing I want you to write down for sure is Exodus 15, 2. I'm going to read to you the New Living Translation, the NLT, but you can check it out in any translation. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. When you're at your wit's end, your child has just puked one more time, and you think, oh, I've changed the sheets 18 times on the bed already. You say, this is, the Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. This is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. That is our reflex back to anything I'm going to. Hide God's word in my heart so the Holy Spirit reminds me, and that's what comes out of my mouth instead of, are you joking me right now? That's what I'm feeling, but I'm disciplined, and I'm going to say, the Lord is my strength and my song. Now, I'm just going to say that over and over again. I'm probably not going to say the rest. The Lord is my strength and my song. My children, if you ask them what was the most annoying thing that I did, it was when I was mad, and I still smiled, but um, I told them that, that um, I learned somewhere that you couldn't kill somebody if you were smiling, so it actually saved their life, you know. <laughs> So the Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has given me victory. Um, Proverbs 3, 21 through 26. I'm going to let you read that one on your own. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. My child, don't lose sight of common sense and discernment. That is Proverbs 3, 21 through 26. Read that whole passage. It says you need not be afraid of sudden disaster. The Lord is your security. Proverbs 3, 21 through 26. Here's another one that I've memorized and I say to myself a lot when I'm feeling frantic. Um, this is not a therapy session for me. I'm actually trying to give you some help. <laughs> but but I, as I said, when I study something and it hits a little close to home, I tend to just vomit out everything. So um, pardon me, front row, if I'm... <laughs> literally spewing. Um, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Joshua 1, that is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. He's going to show you the path to take. Take a deep breath. Trust in the Lord. And then Joshua 1, 9. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Because courage, guys, is not the absence of fear. It's the fight in spite of the fright. You will encounter fear. Your children will encounter fear. And so what we do then is our choice. We choose to let the fear allow us to pull back or to stay put, or we choose to fight through. And so that's what I want to teach my kids. I don't know if you can tell from video or in the room, but I have a lot of freckles. 
Um, I got them from my mom, my mom's family. They all have freckles, so the odds were high that one of my children, one of my mom's kids, would be covered in freckles, and that would be me. I have freckles all over. Um, I had a coffee mug somebody gave me one time that said, "These aren't freckles; they're just a bunch of teeny tiny tans," <laughs> because I am covered in freckles, and it just so happens that my children are both covered in freckles. And so I have a picture of Emily. It's one of my favorites from when she's about eight or nine years old. And I think it's my favorite for a couple of, see those freckles? <laughs> yes, I definitely pass those on to her. I think it's my favorite for a couple of reasons. Number one, Emily, do you, did you love that shirt or what? It was like racerback, so you felt really, yeah, you loved that shirt. And then number two, it's because I love that you can see her freckles so clearly in this picture. And then I have another picture of Emily and Joseph, and look at those freckles. Yeah, we're at the beach. I had no choice about my children getting my freckles. They were going to get them no matter what. That was not a choice that I made. Now, I'm thrilled that they got that trait from my mother's side of the family. But I do have a choice about whether or not I pass on fear or I pass on fight. And so, moms, you may not be passing on freckles, but you're just like me. You get to choose if you struggle with fear or maybe it's even in your family, like the freckles are in my family. It doesn't have to go to the next generation. You have a choice. So... I have to choose. Do I want to pass on freckles and fear or freckles and fight? And I miss the boat a lot of times. And I don't do it perfectly. But I'm so glad that God fills in the gaps where I fall short. And I will continue to work on my own fight, my own strength, so that my children watch me. And instead of just learning to grunt when they get off the floor, hopefully learn to face the fear with strength. She is clothed with strength and dignity. And because of that, she laughs at the days to come. Will you pray with me? God, thank you so much for this day. I thank you that you, God, have unlimited resources, that you have unlimited strength, and you promise to fill us where we fall short. God, I ask right now that you remind the moms that their strength comes from trusting in you, but that now they have the responsibility to make decisions in their lives to continue to build that strength. Help us remember, God, to bring the relationship with you to the forefront. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen.